Would you pray with me? Stir up your power, Lord Christ, and come. With your abundant grace and might, free us from the sin that hinders our faith, that eagerly we may receive your promises. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. A reading from Matthew, the first chapter. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus. Today's story is part one of Matthew's two-part Christmas story. The second part is the coming of the Magi from the East. But for today, we hear the story of the angel's annunciation to Joseph and of Jesus' birth. Now, we may be familiar with this story. Joseph discovers that Mary is expecting a child. He decides to dismiss her quietly. The angel tells him not to fear in taking Mary as his wife. And following the child's birth, Joseph names him Jesus. Now the normal way we approach this text goes something like this. Mary, upon finding out she's expecting, following her own annunciation in Luke's Gospel, travels to the Judean highlands to visit with and stay with her cousin Elizabeth, who is also expecting. She's there roughly three months. Now Elizabeth's home is about a 90-minute walk from Bethlehem, where Joseph lives. When he pays her a visit, he discovers that she's expecting and assumes she's had an affair. He's devastated, but being a righteous man, he decides to dismiss her quietly so as to avoid public shame and disgrace. Until, of course, the angel swoops in to save the day. That is probably how you've heard it. But there's another way to look at this story. From this perspective, Mary is once again visiting her cousin near Bethlehem, 
and Joseph once again walks the 90 minutes to visit his betrothed and there finds that she's expecting as the result of the Holy Spirit. Being that he is a righteous man, he doesn't want to interfere with what God is doing because getting too close to the work of God has the unfortunate side effect of getting one zapped, to use a non-technical term. You may of course remember poor Uzzah who steadied the ark and got zapped for his efforts. Or Isaiah who thought his days were done for having an encounter with God in the temple. Or even Moses, who had to be hidden from the presence of God. So in this vein of righteous people of God, Joseph piously steps to the side of God's work, only stepping back in once God through the angel had called him to play a role in what God was doing. That's a different take on the same story now, isn't it? And it all hangs on what you make of verse 18, that Mary was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. The grammar in the Greek doesn't answer the question for us. It's something of a mystery. In that verse, it could be the voice of a narrator speaking to us, the hearer, giving us information that Joseph would only find out as the story unfolds. Or, it could be the voice of the narrator giving us information about what Joseph discovered when he visited Mary. In the first, Joseph is devastated about Mary's infidelity, but being righteous cares for her in dismissing her quietly. In the second, Joseph righteously steps to the side of what God is doing. So what does this matter? Is this all mere academic speculation, the likes of which only theologians wrestle with when they really should be arguing about more important things? Maybe. But I think that's a lazy answer. When we step back and consider these two takes on this one story, we find both are actually needed. In both angles on this story, Joseph is pictured as a righteous follower of God. In our more familiar take on the story, Joseph's righteousness calls him to care for his neighbor Mary, to save her from public shame and disgrace and possible even stoning. In the second, newer take on this story, Joseph's righteousness calls him to pay honor to and respect to the work of God love of neighbor and love of God. That's what we get when we look at scripture from two different angles. And that's the two great commandments in scripture, to love God and to love our neighbor. So often we get tempted to say there's only one way to look at scripture. But when we do, we miss out on the world, on a whole world of possibilities. And we miss out on the fullness of what God is trying to share with us in Scripture. We're told in this story, alongside the Annunciation to Mary and Luke, that Mary will bear for us the Christ child. And Joseph 
will bear for us his name, Jesus. He is the one entrusted with giving us the name, the name that says we are God's people and we will be saved from our sins. The fullness of that name reminds us that God will be with us, and its fullness invites us into a relationship with the God who is with us, a relationship that calls us to love both God and our neighbor, a relationship that is fully fleshed out in not one, but both of these takes on Joseph's story today. Amen.